Hey, Pastor Kevin Wallace here. Listen, we're excited about what God is going to do in this time together. I want you to pay attention to this message that the Lord has laid on my heart. I believe it's going to bring life and strength to you today. I want you to hang on till the end. I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Receive this word today. How many are thankful that we are part of a kingdom church? I said we're part of a kingdom church. And because you're part of a kingdom church, we celebrate every nation, tribe, and tongue. This is Black History Month, and our church thanks God for all of, um, all of the people in our church family. And this morning, we thank God for all of the contributions to this city, this community, from those that are in the African-American community, and we celebrate it in this house. How many know that churches ought to be a place where every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue can come and to give honor to the Lord? Because in the kingdom, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither bond nor free, male nor female, and if I could parenthetically insert, there's neither black nor white nor red nor yellow nor... In Christ, we are all one. Somebody say amen. And we want to thank God for that. And this morning, I am, I am privileged to pastor. Devin and I feel so thankful and privileged to pastor a multi-generational, multicultural church where if you look down the aisle... As people from all nations, people from all kindreds, people from every tribe and every tongue. I believe it's a picture of heaven on earth. And in a day and hour where church has become as homogenized and, you know what homogenized is, where everybody looks the same. I believe church ought to be a place where everybody can come no matter where you come from and find Christ. And today in this city, I'm glad that there's a testimony of the kingdom of God, and we thank God for what he's doing in this house, and we give honor to all those African-American brothers and sisters that God is using and raised up, those on the screen, and some you will never know that are making a difference and doing things in the earth that make all of our life better. One more time, let's give God thanks for his goodness. Help me welcome Athens. Come on, tell Athens good morning. Love you, Pastor Chris and Amy. Are there any wild ones left in the room today? My God. 2 Kings 9. Today I'm starting a series called Kingdom Wins. How many know the Kingdom Wins? I said, how many know the kingdom is going to win? And I'm going to tell you, the Lord woke me up yesterday morning. I had something totally different planned to begin to preach today, but God woke me up yesterday morning, and he said to me, the kingdom wins. And there are some wins getting ready to come to the kingdom. And he said, I'm, I'm sending a wave of momentum to the kingdom. And you know, when God sends a wave of momentum, you and I have just got to catch the wave and let him take us where he wants to take us. In fact, I've been talking about momentum to our leadership team for the last couple of weeks because when God sends momentum and breathes his breath onto your sails, the most important thing you and I can do is steward the wave of momentum. Look at somebody, don't miss, say, don't miss the momentum. 
When God gives you a big mole, we call it big moans on staff. When God gives you a big mole, you got to ride the wave. And for these next few weeks leading up to Easter, I'm going to talk about kingdom wins. And I just, really, these are not sermons. These are words that I believe God gave me just to release over you, and you got to catch them if you want them to produce harvest in your life. If you preach the word and declare the word and it falls on good soil, the Bible said that the seed on good soil will produce harvest. Now, I can preach the seed and release it, but if you don't receive it, it won't profit you anything. How many know you got to mix the word with faith for it to be activated in your life? So for a few moments this morning, I want to talk about the anointing for turnaround. And what I felt like God said to me is that there are some people you're connected to and some people you're not even yet connected to, but when they come into your life, there's an anointing going to come upon you this day that's going to bring turnaround in their lives. I don't know about you, but some of the sorrow that we wrestle through every Sunday we come is because of what hell is trying to do to people we love dearly. And their, their, their families are falling apart and people are struggling and people are wrestling with stuff and people are trying to overcome stuff. And it feels like sometimes we get victory, but we don't have victory in our families with our loved ones and our friends. But I come to tell you we're coming into a season of turnaround and there are some people that you've been praying for. God's about to put a favor and a grace and an anointing on you to see lives turn around. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor they're getting ready to turn around. They're getting ready to turn around. Look at 2 Kings 9, 1 through 6 and follow me here. Stay connected with me because I'm going to jump around a little bit. Let's read this together. And Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said, Get yourself ready and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him into an inner room and take the flask of oil, pour it on his head and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Open the door, flee, and do not delay. And so the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he arrived, there were the captains of the army sitting. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. And Jehu said, For which one of us? And he said, For you, commander. And he rose and went into the house, and he poured oil on his head. And he said to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. Skip on down here, if you would, to verse number, I believe I said 16. Is that right? Yes. Thank you, Chad. So Jehu rode in a chariot, and he went to Jezreel, for Joram was laid up there, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, had come down to see Joram. And now a watchman stood on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came. And he said, I see a company of men coming. And Joram said, get a horseman and send him to meet them and let him say, is it peace? So the horseman went to meet him and said, thus says the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, what do you know about peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported saying, the messenger went to them, but he's not coming back. 
How many know that's good news right there? He went out one way and he didn't go back the same way. Hallelujah. Next verse. Then he sent out a second horseman who came to them and said, Thus said the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? Turn around. Somebody shout, turn around. And follow me. Look at this. I want you to go over now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, can y'all handle some Bible this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has, watch, reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Look at this next verse. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word, somebody say the word, of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors. Look at somebody telling you didn't know this, but you sat down by an ambassador of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I declare we're getting ready to come into kingdom winds. How many citizens of the kingdom are in this house today? There are a series of wins getting ready to happen in your life. And it's going to start with this message this morning. And I'm going to prophetically declare that people that are connected to you and shall be connected to you are getting ready to turn around because of the anointing of God that is resting on this house. If you receive it, say amen. Father, bless the people. I thank you for what you're doing, what you've already done, and for what you're going to do. Bless your people in the word this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Everybody knows this. It's not deep revelation, but we live in a really screwed up world. And you don't have to look far to see evidence of how messed up and jacked up people are and how messed up and jacked up lives have gotten. And, and it's not just individual lives, it's entire nations that are in chaos. It's entire people groups that are in a mess. And I want you to remember this when you look and see all the chaos and all the misery and all the pain and all the sin. I want you to be reminded that that's job security for the believer. As long as there is a sinner, we still are a necessary organization. We, we are not optional. The church, you better hear me, the church is not optional. We, we are, whether the world needs it or not, knows they need it or not, we are a needed entity in the earth. I was in a room recently talking to some pastors and they were trying to ask me and ask others when we should ever reopen. I said, hold on a minute reopen, I didn't know we ever closed down because you can't ever shut, you can't ever shut the operation of the kingdom down and the kingdom operation is occurring in and through the church of the living God. 
And somebody said, well, how long y'all going to preach till every sinner turns from their sin and repents of their sin and comes to Christ as Savior till every sick person is healed, till every bound person is delivered, and when every bound person is delivered and every sick person is healed and every tormented person is freed and every lost person is found, we might think about going on a break, but until then, let us keep on singing the songs of Zion. Let us keep on preaching the word of the Lord. Let us keep on praying with fervency because the effectual fervent prayers of righteous men and women avail much. And I just want you to be reminded today, church, that as messed up as this world is, you and I have been called to be light in the middle of it, salt that can be tasted, and it is because of what Christ is doing in and through his people that there is still hope for tomorrow. Can you say amen? Amen. Churches are full of all kinds of ministries. Churches are full of all kinds of activity. One of the things that we must remember and never forget is that the church of the living God, every person who is a member of the church has been given the ministry of reconciliation. Say reconciliation. Reconciliation is the act whereby you bring two people back together who were previously separated and restore the relationship that had been uh, uh, destroyed between the two. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul talks about this ministry of reconciliation that the people of God are to be engaged in. And I want to fix something as we talk about this today. When Paul said that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, he is not talking just about your pastor being given that ministry. He is not talking about your favorite evangelist being given that ministry. When the Bible said we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, it means that there is a God-given, heaven-sent assignment that rests upon you and I to take fallen humanity that is disconnected because of sin from the living God and to share the good news of the gospel with humanity that no matter how messed up you are, no matter how crazy you are, no matter how many drugs you been on, no matter how many people you slept with, no matter how many diseases you have, no matter what side of the tracks you're from, if you want new life, the ministry of reconciliation that is resting upon the people of God says to a lost and dying world, you can't be reconciled to the heart of God if you will trust his son Jesus and the price he paid, and if you will repent of your sins, Jesus can save you. It doesn't matter how messed up you are, he can save to the uttermost. I have good news today. If you can think of the rankest, most messed up sinner that you've ever come in contact with, Jesus can save them. Paul said in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 that Christ came into the world to save sinners of which I am chief. Do you understand that Paul considered himself to be the chiefest of sinners? He said that when it comes to sin, nobody sinned like I sinned. How many feel that way about your own life? There were some notorious sinners in this room. You're sitting beside some of them. But the good news is they're not what they used to be because Christ came to reconcile them to God. 
You cannot get to God by your works. You only get reconciled back to God through coming to Jesus Christ and asking him to cleanse you of your sin and to record your name in the book of life and to give him your life and make him your Lord. And I want to tell you today, we have this ministry of reconciliation. And every time we come into this building, most every single Sunday you come in, we give an altar call for people to be saved. And there is a reason why, because that is what the church should be doing. Well, teach us how to be millionaires. You know what? I'm telling you right now, some people, they want strategies for more stuff, but the Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. God has no problem blessing you with stuff, but make sure whatever stuff you're getting that you remain a soul winner and you operate in the ministry of reconciliation. See your life as an assignment to win souls to Christ. In every place you go, in every place you work, in every place you travel, Watch for open doors. Watch for God to set you up with people who he is trying to reach. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, it is as if Jesus were pleading through you, be reconciled to God. Do you hear that? It is as if God were using your voice and pleading through you to lost humanity Be reconciled to God. There is hope in Christ. Religious people, I hope you hear me. Don't make it hard for people to come into the kingdom of God. How many have ever seen churches who were supposed to be soul-winning stations become a bureaucracy of religion? that turned the house of God into red tape and minutia and nobody could meet their quota and nobody could fulfill their obligations and the people that put the, that put the rules on the back door couldn't even live up to them, much less new converts. I want to tell you today that Christ came to save. Christ did not come to condemn. There will be a day in the future when he judges the world, but today is not that day. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the next verse says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved. This is the gospel. Gospel is good news for all people. Can you say amen? We have the ministry of reconciliation. We have the ministry of bringing people disconnected back to God by declaring the good news of Jesus Christ. I went to the Starbucks yesterday morning and I was running a bit late for wild ones and I had to get a double shot of espresso for them wild wild ones. I needed a little bit of pick-me-up. And I forgot that I had my music going, and I was listening to the live stream of the worship service with Madrick City yesterday morning. And, you know, I pull up to Starbucks, and, you know, Dante is going crazy, and Maverick City is going crazy, and I've got my music blaring, and I'm speaking in tongues, and I roll the window down, and, hey, how are you? She said, I can't hear you. So I turned the volume down and said, sorry, and I, I order my stuff, and I go up to the window. There's this sweet young lady at the window, and she said, who is that you're listening to? 
I said, that's my friend Dante and he and Maverick City. And she said, is that the guy that sings um, uh, Take Me Back? And I said, why, in fact, it is. She said, you know him? I said, yeah, he's my brother from another mother. She said, I love that song. Would you please tell him that there was a day in my life where I had wandered so far from God and I had fallen into a horrible lifestyle, but somebody played that song for me and I wept because I was raised in church and I had fallen away from the Lord and I gave my heart back to Christ and he washed me of my sins and he took me back. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We are not here to put people out. We are here to take people into the kingdom of God and to tell them no matter how hopeless you are, there is always hope in Christ. He saves to the uttermost. How many have ever heard that word uttermost? And you thought, what is that? Do you know what uttermost is? Uttermost, when it says in the book of Hebrews that Christ saves to the uttermost, it means that you're over here in the kingdom of God and there are crazy, rank, messed up, jacked up people way out there in the middle of the dark who don't even know Christ. And the Lord says to those who are over here in the kingdom, don't you ever forget that just because you got your ducks in a row that you think the only people I'm attracted to are people in this little club. There are people out there in the dark, out into the uttermost place that I came to save and I came to redeem and don't ever get out of the business of winning souls. Because the greatest miracle that can ever happen in this room is not and I'm thankful for all the miracles that happen in this room but the greatest miracle is when a, when a sinner comes to Jesus and gives their life to him and he makes all things new. Here's what I want to tell you about the ministry of reconciliation and the activation of that ministry, it's coming on this house. <laughs> it's coming on your lives. The ministry of reconciliation, a grace to see lives turn around, is coming on us. I believe that the kingdom of God is getting ready to experience a sudden advancement in the earth. And I'm not trying to sound weird or kooky. I am declaring what I believe the Spirit of God said to my heart. There are people who think, and after I listen to enough preachers, it gets me in a place I either get depressed or have to pray. When you got leaders in the kingdom of God talking about shutting down church, and I'm not talking about, this is not about gathering in buildings. We've been doing that since May. There are people whose mindset is actually, we're going to continue to shut down the operation of the church. As if your ministry or mine were optional. Do you understand that sin doesn't take a break and neither does the devil? I believe we're getting ready to come into a sudden grace and, a, and an anointing from heaven to see lives turn around. This is going to happen with people you know. This is going to happen with people you don't know. And when you see it happen, you're going to say, my God. And you say, Pastor Kevin, what do I have to do? Just be a willing vessel. You don't have to make a fool. Have you ever seen people try to 
do something for God and you were like, they need a class. I mean, they just need a little teaching. When I preach this message, this is not, listen, this is not, you know, you trying to go make something happen. This is you trusting that an anointing is coming on us for lives to see turnaround. Stubborn hearts are getting ready to turn. Stubborn hearts are getting ready to turn. Hard-hearted people are going to turn to the Lord. You say, I don't know, Pastor, there's, there's some people that are awful hard-hearted and God may be done dealing with them. No, you may be done with dealing with them, but God's still dealing with them. <laughs> there's this amazing text over here in 2 Kings 19. I'm just going to drop this in your, in your spirit and I'm going to be done. There's this amazing text over here in 2 Kings chapter 9 about a man named Jehu. And the Bible said that Elisha, told one of his servants, you go down to Ramoth Gilead and I want you to release an anointing on Jehu because I'm getting ready to shift the whole entire kingdom and the anointing is going to be on him for turnaround. So the Bible says that Elisha sent the servant of the prophet and the servant of the prophet went into Ramoth Gilead and he found out where the commanders of Israel were gathering. And the Bible says that they were sitting in a circle. And that doesn't sound important, but posture is everything. Look at somebody tell them posture is everything. If you're always in a defeated posture, if you're always sitting in a defeated posture, the commanders of Israel, the leaders of Israel shouldn't have been sitting. They should have been marching and walking and having strategy and authority for victory. But you have a problem when leaders are in a place of, of, of defeat and their posture is one of defeat. This is, this is why I think sometimes we just need to snap ourselves and shake ourselves and wake ourselves up and make sure that, that we're in faith, that we're operating in faith, that we haven't disconnected from trusting and believing that God is up to something in our life. Too many Christians have adopted this posture of defeat and there's this feeling of hopelessness and we're just sitting in a circle and we're called to be commanders and leaders. We're called to walk in authority. We're called called to walk in power and instead we're walking in a mindset of defeat and a mindset of hopelessness and Elisha said go into that room and break the yoke with a fresh anointing. Well, how long have you been serving the Lord, Brother Wallace? I've been serving the Lord as long as I can remember but there have been many times in my life where I had to get a fresh anointing on my heart. And there are some people in this room right now, I want you to understand that God is not just, God is not just wanting us to walk through life and go through motions and do our church thing on Sunday. There is an oil that can come on your life that causes you to see turnaround, not just in this building, but out of those doors right now. I declare that God is about to break the yoke. He's about to, he's about to give us new posture and we're coming up out of a seated position of defeat because there is a kingdom called the kingdom of God that is getting ready to be advanced in the earth. And it's already happening. The Lord gave me a prophetic word that people in the first part of this year, people in churches were going to get born again. People 
in churches we're going to get born again because we have associated church attendance with citizenship in the kingdom of God. And there are people who come to church and are attracted to church, but they haven't found Jesus. And the Lord said to me the first part of this year, I want you to begin to call for sinners to come to the altar and let them repent and don't be shocked when they're coming from your church. Some of y'all can't handle this. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus loves everybody. Those who are playing church, those who are sitting in churches, those who are going through motions. I don't want just to be a... How many grew up when membership was associated with citizenship in the kingdom of God? Every Sunday, we took people in. I mean, we didn't even know if they prayed through. The doors of the church are open, and people would march down and join the church, and we never saw them again. I stopped taking members in. We don't have membership come down and join anymore. You want to know why? Because people would come down and join and we'd never see them again. Well, I said, what's happening? Why don't we see them anymore? They said, because they joined the church. They got all they need. I said, this is, this is heretical. You can't get into heaven because you walked down to an altar in a church and gave your name for the membership of the church. That's not how you get into the kingdom of God. You get into the kingdom of God by turning around and following Jesus. Repenting of your sins and he cleanses you. And Jehu's sitting in this group and the prophet of, the servant of the prophet walks in and he says, where's, where's the commander? And, and Jehu says, who are you talking about? He said, you commander. He said, follow me. And he comes out of this room. The Bible says that he takes him in a room and he says, thus saith the Lord, you're going to be anointed king over Israel. And he takes, this is crazy, he takes this pot of oil and he turns it up and he pours it. Where's Samuel at? Samuel last night got nearly bitter yesterday at Pastor Devin. She poured a whole hen, a, over a gallon of oil on his head. He was bathed in oil. We had a pool up here. He stood in the pool. And Devin, you know Devin, got to have, uh, 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 what is it, um, an object lesson. It can't just be pretend that Samuel is getting the oil. It is, Samuel, take a big deep breath. I'm going to pour over a gallon of oil on your head. And here's precious Samuel, curly-headed Samuel, standing there and oil is all over him. Here's the point. When God anoints you the way that he anointed Jehu and the way that Devin anointed Samuel, when God anoints you, it is an oil that cannot be hidden. You can't get over one gallon of oil poured on you and then walk out. See, this is what Jehu did. When the oil for turnaround came on him, the Bible said that he poured it over his head. And, Je and, and this is what's beautiful. I love this. The servant of the prophet pours the oil on, the, on Jehu, and then the servant of the prophet takes off running. Can you imagine being Jehu? You're like, what in the world? You just poured a million pounds of oil on my head and then you run? What kind of preacher is this? Here's what Jehu does. He does what all of us try to do when we're a little bit nervous about God. He comes out of that secret place. Oil is all over him. And the people that were in the room with him look at him and say, bro, what happened to you? This is in your Bible, 2 Kings 9. And he looks back at, at his friends and goes, what? Nothing. I'm the same guy. And they look at him and they say, you lie. 
You know why? Because we often want an anointing without it making a difference in our life. We don't want people to know that there's something different about us. We want to do church on Sunday, but hide the oil Monday through Saturday. But what I want to tell you is coming upon you in this house is an anointing that is so real that when you walk out those doors and head to a restaurant today, there will be a verifiable difference about you. They're going to see it. They're going to smell it. They're going to know that there is some God on your life. Somebody who wants it, give him a shout of praise. I don't want to walk dry. I don't want my cup to be empty. I want my cup to run over. God, I don't want to be able to hide it. I don't want to be able to act like nothing's different. I want to be oily from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And he comes out of the room and they say, what's happened to you? He says, nothing. They say, you lie. And they knew, watch, they knew the anointing on his life. They knew he had been anointed as a leader. And the Bible says that he, he set out from Ramoth Gilead and came to Jezreel. And Joram, an evil king over Israel, looked out the window. And a report came to him and they said, uh-oh, we got company. People are coming. See, there's getting ready to be a collision in 2 Kings chapter 9 of two kingdoms. I said, there's getting ready to be a kingdom collision. And there is a king of this kingdom of God that I'm preaching today who is not running from darkness. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Jesus is not backing up. Jesus is not in retreat mode. He is not popping Prozacs. He is not swallowing antidepressants. He is not sitting in some corner of the universe and asking angels to bail him out and give him a plan. The Bible says he sits on the circle of the earth. His eyes go to and fro. The Bible says he measures the heavens in a scale and the earth in the palm of his hand, and he measures the mountains in a span. Do you understand that he holds the body of water that we can't see the end of in the palm of his hand? This is not a God like man. Man has has gods that have eyes but cannot see, a mouth but cannot speak, ears but cannot hear. But we serve a God who holds this whole world in the palm of his hand he is not backing up he is not in retreat Jesus was the lamb and they nailed him to a whipping post but they'll never do it again the next time they see him every eye shall behold him every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory things in heaven things in earth and things under the earth everybody every demon every king Every potentate, every president, every prime minister, all of us will bow our knee, open up our mouth, and they'll look upon him and say he is the king of kings. The ACLU will not have a business. Oh, I want to tell you that those who hated and scoffed, those who mocked and criticized, they will bow their knee. This is 
the king of glory, Jesus Christ. And I've made up my mind that I'm not waiting until eternity to say it. I'm saying it right now. There's nobody like him. There's nobody higher. There's nobody greater. My knee bows before the king of glory. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of earth. He's the king of the Jew. He's the king of the Gentile. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. Let every tongue proclaim it. Let every hand clap. Let every voice shout. We serve the king. And there's nobody like him. He's been given a name that is above every other name. Hallelujah to the king. I tell you, this king of glory is not running from the darkness. He's running to the darkness. And there's an anointing on him and the company riding with him. Thank you. And when he rode into Jezreel, Joram the evil king said, send somebody out there and see if he's coming in peace. Oh, Lord. And when they sent out one horseman from that dark empire of Joram, the Bible said he came up to Jehu and he said to the king with the oil on his head, do you come in peace? And Jehu said, what do you know about peace? Turn around and follow me. And all of a sudden, this cat from the kingdom of Joram gets in line, turns around, gets in line, and begins to follow Jehu. And that's all we ever hear about it anymore. He literally left one kingdom and got behind Jehu and started walking with another kingdom. This is not rocket science. This is the anointing of Bakushaya. This is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When it gets on you, people who are living for Joram and the kingdom of darkness will see the oil on your life. And instead of living in that jacked up kingdom, they're going to come into the kingdom of God where the oil is flowing. I want it to happen today at lunch. I hope every restaurant turns into holy ground. I pray the people sitting next to you feel the oil on your life and turn to the living God. I'm throwing everything around up here. I feel God. There's an oil coming. Look at your neighbor, tell them there's an oil coming. So, Because the kingdom of darkness walks in deception, it sent out another person thinking it would get a different result. So Joram says, where did our guy go? And they said, he went out, he met Jehu, and he didn't come back. Wow, let's send another one out. So they send out another horseman. He comes running out to meet Jehu's running to the gates of the palace. And the, the horseman says, are you coming in peace? I have an imagination as I read the Bible. Can you imagine the dude running out on a horse? And he sees the guy that went out before him at the back of the line. 
what are you doing back there? You belong to us. And I could see the dude, bro, you got to come over here. There is something about being on this side. You, you need to leave that place and you need to come join this oily tribe that is running behind this man named Jehu. I want to tell you right now, my king is not Jehu. My king is J-E-S-U-S and there is an anointing on him and on those running with him and the second guy they send out. He says... Have you come in peace? And Joram says, what do you know about peace? Turn around and follow me. And the dude goes, okay. And he gets in line and starts following the man with the oil. I just want to say this to you. Don't write anybody off. Just because they're in the kingdom of darkness now, don't you write them off. I see you back there, Miss Gigi. How many years now? Seven years and four months. How does she know seven years and four months? Because she remembers the night on a Wednesday night in this altar when the Lord Jesus came into her heart, broke the chains, set her free from sin, broke every curse and every addiction. I just want to tell you seven years and four months later, he's still oily and the grace of God still works. How many got a testimony you turned around? Yeah, here's the good news. The same work that happened in you is getting ready to happen in them. And watch this, I'm closing with this. The third person that came out from Joram's tribe was Joram himself. He said, you can't find good help these days, I'm gonna go out and find out what's going on myself. He went out and said, well this is where it gets crazy. Joram comes out and says, do you come in peace? And Jehu said, what do you know about peace? With your mama, oh, it's in the Bible. Your mama and all her harlotries, because you know who Joram's mama was? Jezebel. He said, your mama. You know when you talk about somebody's mama, it's own. Like me and you will fight over my mama. Come on, somebody. He said, your mama's living in harlotry. And Joram said, oh, he didn't come in peace. I better run. And here's what the Bible says. Don't miss it. Joram turned around and fled. The anointing for turnaround that's coming on your life will cause people to turn around and follow, and it'll cause enemies to turn around and flee. Somebody give him praise. I said souls are going to turn around and follow, and enemies are going to turn around and flee. Do you have Bible for that? I wouldn't tell you if I didn't. The Bible said that the enemy that come in one way will flee before you seven different ways. Resist the devil and he will. So lost people, I want everybody standing right now. Just lift your hands and receive it. I want to declare it over you before we go. Lost people are getting ready to turn around. We are entering a season right now. 
You say, is it, is it a, what do you mean the season? I'm not saying he wasn't doing it before. I'm not saying he won't do it after. I'm just telling you we're entering into an unusual season where the spirit of the living God is going to rest and work through you in a way that lost people who belong to one kingdom are getting ready to encounter the God in you and they're getting ready to turn around and follow the anointed man of God, Jesus Christ. If you receive that oil right now, just slip your hands up before we go. Father, I declare that lost people are going to follow and the enemies are going to flee. May that anointing rest upon them right now. May an anointing come from heaven. The anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's unction. That's what the anointing is. First John called it unction. There is a spiritual unction coming on you right now. Not a feeling, but an unction. In your spirit, in your belly, there is an assignment coming on you today. Young people from wild ones, I commission you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost to leave this conference this week and to walk out those doors and to know you are on an assignment to see lives turned around. Jesus, do it. Moms and dads, there's a grace coming on you now. There's an anointing coming on you now. There is an unction coming on you now. Your posture is getting ready to change. You're getting ready to stand up instead of lay down. The enemy's tried to drive some of you crazy, but the devil is a liar, and I break every work of the enemy off of your life. You're coming into a place of turnaround. Souls that will encounter the God in you. Man, I keep hearing that, the God in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. God is living in you. Don't wait on me to preach it. Don't wait on Pastor Gary to preach it. I'm telling you, you don't even have to preach it. All you've got to do is accept the gift of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is on your life. This week, God's going to use you. Lift your hands one more time. Father, let the grace of turnaround come on them now. Enemies are fleeing. Lost people are following Jesus. Enemies are fleeing. Enemies are fleeing this week. Some of you have been dealing with some little principalities and powers that are trying to get you distracted, trying to make your business hard, trying to make your marriage difficult, trying to make, you know, every day it just seems like you got some little fire to put out. I'm telling you, that mess is getting ready to end in the name of the Lord. A, a grace for turnaround is coming. Enemies are fleeing because of the Christ in you. This is not because we're champions, it's because he's the champion. I said he's the champion. Friend, I believe God is speaking to hearts right now. This message, I pray, has stirred you and there are some who are watching this message who are waiting on the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus Christ. Listen, the greatest day in your life is the day that you give your heart to Jesus Christ and allow him to become the Lord of your life. And if you want that opportunity, then right now, I want to pray with you. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that God commands men and women everywhere to repent, to turn from their sin, and to turn to the living God. And the message of hope today for you is that no matter how messed up you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away from God you feel, He is only one prayer away. Would you turn your heart toward Him right now? Just say, dear God, save me, forgive me, Cleanse me of my sin and make me new. I, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus, and I'm asking you to be the king of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, let us know today. We want to make sure you have a Bible. We want to make sure you know that as a local church here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, someone is praying for you. 
We hope to see you soon if you're in the Chattanooga area. And if not, get in a Bible-believing church somewhere and grow in your purpose in Christ. We love you. We're praying for you today. God bless you.